0: Spoilers. If you've ever watched a TV show or a movie and you're maybe midway through and you find out from somebody how it ends, you might find that whatever you're reading, watching, or listening to is kind of ruined. It's been spoiled. This term has become very common, especially with the age of the internet. There's a lot of people who will talk about what happens at the end of a show or a movie. So typically, when a new movie comes out or a new TV show comes out, everyone says, no spoilers. Don't post any spoilers. I'm staying off the internet because I want to find out and be surprised by this thing. I think one of the biggest spoilers in pop culture, and I'm going to spoil it, and if you don't know by now, that's on you, uh, was from the second Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) And it's when we find out that the big bad, Darth Vader, is Luke's father. And this was, uh (laughs) uh-oh, sorry, I spoiled it. Um, When we find this out, uh, it's a shock, because no one was expecting that. There was some mystery, perhaps, behind that connection with Luke and Darth Vader. And at the time, it was probably the biggest spoiler in pop culture history. Now everyone, mostly everybody, knows that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Now it's interesting, because typically spoilers are a bad thing, but we get a bit of a spoiler, not a bit, a huge spoiler, in today's gospel. We get it from John the Baptist himself, that we just celebrated the baptism of our Lord on Monday, and here we have the continuation of that gospel um, uh, uh, episode, where John basically says, there's Jesus, All right? we know Jesus, and he says, behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. It's a huge spoiler, you may not think of it now, we hear it so often, Lamb of God, we hear this image we think of this idea of Jesus as a lamb but there's a huge spoiler here for the Jewish people for those disciples of John who if they were paying attention would be like wait a sec what what does that mean the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world because in this small phrase John the Baptist is saying that this is the Messiah he is the one to take on all the sins he is the one who will give up his life as the unblemished lamb. And he is the one who will redeem us from our sins. There's a lot for just a, such a small phrase, a lot of things to say, but I think it's important for us to understand too because it's really an essential part, this phrase, to our celebration of the mass. And we'll get to that. But what does this mean that Jesus is the lamb of God? Well, we have to go back. We have to go back all the way to Exodus. Now, at the time, way back in the day, uh, Um, the, The Jewish people, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt. And from them, God raised a special prophet or a special intercessor, Moses, who would lead them away out of slavery in Egypt and into new life. That he would be a type of Christ that we see. Jesus himself is the one who frees us from sin and leads us from that slavery of sin. And to basically prove to Pharaoh that God meant business, there were many plagues that occurred. And probably the biggest and greatest plague was the plague of death. That Moses warned Pharaoh, and Pharaoh did not heed these other plagues. And this final plague was that the firstborn, of, um, every, the firstborn son of every family in Egypt would be taken by this angel of death. So that the Israelites would not uh, encounter this, this plague, they were told to do something very specific. They were given instructions through Moses, from God, on what to do to protect themselves. They were to take an unblemished lamb, a baby sheep, and to slaughter it, and to roast its meat. Then the families would eat that meat, prepare themselves as though they were going to go on a journey, and then mark their houses with the blood of the lamb. This would become known as the Passover because as the angel came through the town, through Egypt, if it saw the mark of the blood of the lamb, it would pass over. So for years after, up until even now, the Passover has been celebrated annually as this time to remember this passing over of that angel of death and to celebrate that gift of life that those who have been marked by the blood of the lamb would receive that gift of life, that they would be protected, that death would be warded off. So the spotless lamb was specifically important because of what that meant—the unblemished lamb. That uh, around Passover, um, every all the Jewish families would get together and they would slaughter a lamb and then they would roast the meat and have what's called a seder meal. Now this was the most um, important, most uh, prized offering to our Lord. It was also essential to the Jewish people, the Israelites, that they would give burnt offerings. As a sign of recompense. As a sign of um, sorrow and repentance for their sins. That uh, a priest would offer this this sacrifice at the Mass. Or not the Mass, this is what we do. (laughs) the sacrifice at the altar. They had a special liturgy for this. That they would offer this sacrifice on behalf of the people as a way of saying, we are sorry, Lord, for our sins. That we desire this healing, we desire this repentance And to come into new life. But it would never be enough. Because even if they offered the largest bowl they could find as a sacrificial offering. That which was given to them was from God. So they're basically just re-gifting. Here you go, back to you Lord. Thanks for all this and we're going to take a little chunk and give it right back to you. So when John says this is the Lamb of God. He is saying that this is the one without sin. The Son of God, the Son of Man, who can lay down his life freely and openly for the sake of redeeming us. That he is the one to lay down his life, who we will be marked by with the blood of the Lamb. We will consume for the sake of having new life. That in a really incredible way, John is actually pointing to the Eucharist, that which we're celebrating here at this Mass. That the Lamb of God is made present here, Jesus Christ, in the Eucharist. And as we have been marked by the blood of the Lamb, as disciples of Christ, we also consume our Lord in the Eucharist. Not in a a symbolic way, but in a real way. When we receive that nutrients, we receive that spiritual gift, that miracle, that mystery of our Lord in the Eucharist. It can be kind of hard to grasp that, but... That's what we're here for. We're not here because it's nice to get together and you know to do something every Sunday, but because we come together to celebrate the Lamb of God, to celebrate that we have been freed from sin. That that's the second thing John reveals to us in this phrase. The one who takes away the sins of the world. He doesn't say, Don't worry, I'm taking away the effects of sin. You're not gonna go to hell. He doesn't say, Well, you can still do this on on the weekends. Or you can still do this on your off hours. But no, the Lamb of God to bring us, to draw us into new life. Not a life of sin, but a life of holiness. A life of virtue, a life living in that gift of love. That new life in Christ. That as we reflect on the gift of our salvation, we are called to something greater. Not to just not do bad things. Or not, well, now you're fixed, we're good, we're not going to hell. No, to live that new life to actively seek to live that new life now, here and now, moving towards that greater gift that we aim for in reuniting with our Lord in heaven. So you may recognize that phrase. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. That's something I say, or every priest says when they celebrate the Mass. That it is the priest who basically presents our Lord, the bread and wine now transformed into the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist to the congregation. Saying so, he's here. Here he is. That I get to be the John the Baptist of this mass. And saying, behold the Lamb of God. He's here. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. That that in itself should cause us to pause. To rejoice. Maybe to have a little bit of fear and awe. Recognizing that the Lord is here. And our response is one with humility. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word of my soul shall be healed. That we seek this deeper healing, this deeper nutrients, this greater strengthening by the Eucharist in coming to Mass. Not to take a cracker, but to receive the living God into our lives, into our very being. It can be a bit hard because (laughs) it's after the sign of peace and, you know, we we give each other the sign of peace. It's good to, you know, slap someone on the back and say, hey, buddy, yeah, it's good to see you. Hey, I love you. Peace be with you. All this. And then during that, we actually move into the what we call the Agnus Dei, which is a prayer. It's Latin for Lamb of God. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. And this can kind of seem like just something going on in the background. Oh, it's a nice little hymn. It's a nice little prayer. But what it is, truly, is this outpouring of this plea to God Be, um, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. We say that twice because that's the first part of our Lord's salvific mission Is to restore us by his grace, to take away the sins of the world, to restore us, to heal us from our sins. And then we end this Agnus Day, this special plea, this prayer, with take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Because as Augustine says, our heart is restless until it rests with the Lord. That we ultimately seek even now here in this celebration of the Mass, this gift of peace. That as we go out from this church, this holy place, where we celebrate the sacrifice of the Mass, we go into a world that will challenge us. We go into a week that will have Very difficult situations. We go into the unknown, but we leave with that surety of Christ's peace that we invite into our hearts and into our lives as we receive the Eucharist. So my encouragement is, um, especially as we are about to move, we're going to have the the creed and we're going to have the prayers of the faithful, we're going to move into the actual celebration of the sacrifice of the Mass, which is a true sacrifice. Again, where our Lord is made present. So my encouragement is, during this period, uh, during the offertory, to really offer to the Lord that, that, that attention, that focus, to zone in on this sacrifice of the Mass, so that when we do together chant the Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God, that we are able to truly make that a plea, Lord, heal me of my sins, heal me of my wounds, and Lord, grant me peace that as I receive the Eucharist, I may be restored and strengthened by your love and by your grace. Amen.